0: This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. The Milwaukee School Voucher Program, begun in 1990, now enrolls over 20,000 students, making it the longest running and one of the largest voucher programs in the United States. When a good-sized program has been in operation for such a sustained period of time, it creates an opportunity to track the long-term consequences of a program like the Milwaukee experiment. And the good news is that Patrick Wolf, a professor in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas, together with his colleagues, began gathering data on the Milwaukee voucher program many years ago, and they are now able to talk about what happens when these kids who get vouchers uh, go to college, or at least reach the point where they should be going to college. So I'm very pleased that Patrick Wolf has agreed to join me on the Education Exchange. Happy to be here, Paul. Well, um, Patrick, first of all, can you tell our listeners what are some of the key features of the Milwaukee Voucher Program? Uh, first of all, who's eligible and how's that changed over the years and so forth?
1: Sure. The program is limited to low-income children in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, it used to be targeted just to very low-income students, 175% of poverty or less. Uh, recently, that, that limitation has been somewhat relaxed so that you know, lower middle-class families uh, also are eligible for the voucher.
0: So, and I said over 20,000. Do you know what the enrollment is these days?
1: It's right around 27,000.
0: And how many schools are participating in the program? So, what do you have a choice of now as a, as a family?
1: Yeah, there, there, there are about 115 uh, different private schools participating in the CHOICE program.
0: And uh, what kinds of schools? Are they mostly Catholic schools? I know that at the beginning, of, or at, there weren't, they, the Catholic schools were not allowed, and then the, later on, the religious schools could participate.
1: That's right, Paul. Initially, the program was limited to secular private schools, and only seven schools uh, participated, but the legislature expanded it to religious schools in 1996. It was challenged in the courts and the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that constitutional in 1998. And then participation in the program by schools increased dramatically from about seven schools in 98 to 60 schools uh, just like six years later. Um, And currently the schools participating, it's a really interesting mix, uh, a little less than half of the participating schools are Catholic schools. A substantial number are Lutheran schools. They have a very strong presence in the city of Milwaukee. And then there's a variety of, of other sort of Protestant and, and other religiously affiliated schools. There are, there are Muslim schools, um, they you know, there's there a Hindu school. So, you know, it's, it's really an interesting collection. And then there are a variety of, of non-religious schools. There are Waldorf schools, Montessori's, schools that have, like, a distinctive curriculum or approach to child development.
0: So, and then tell me about your study. When did your study begin? We started in
1: 2006, in the fall of 2006. And we generated two different samples of students. We took all of the ninth grade students in the voucher program that fall, and we carefully matched them to ninth grade peers in Milwaukee public schools. We also took a representative sample of third through eighth graders in the program, because even at that point it was a very large program. We couldn't include everyone. So we took a representative sample of third through eighth graders, uh, matched them, to very similar students in Milwaukee Public Schools. And we tracked both of these groups, the ninth grade cohort and the third through eighth grade cohort, initially on uh, test score outcomes, and then later, and I think very excitedly, on educational attainment outcomes.
0: Well, so your first results all had to do with student test scores, and as I recall, there were quite a few years where you couldn't find that the voucher program had had any Uh, significant impact on student test score performance at all.
1: That's right, Paul. We didn't find any uh, significant difference between the test scores of the voucher kids and the uh, matched public school kids until the fourth and final outcome year of the study where we found that the voucher students had significantly higher reading scores than their matched peers. But that was just one finding, you know, in a four-year longitudinal study, only in reading. So, you know, we we never really put a a lot of stock into that.
0: So now, some years later, you have been able to go back and look at uh, the effect on college going. uh, So how do you do that? What's the way you can get this information?
1: Sure. We we got the college-going information from the National Clearinghouse of College Enrollments and that is a wonderful data source for researchers. It is a compilation of the college enrollment persistence and graduation records for almost every student in the United States, two-year colleges, four-year colleges, public and private. It really covers 99 percent of all college enrollments in the country.
0: So I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, but uh, how many students from low-income families nationwide actually enroll in college and, and what percentage graduate from college? Do you have that kind of information at hand?
1: I don't have that information at hand. I know that um, the college-going rates for low-income inner-city students—and that's all; those are the two qualifications for this program—you have to be low-income, you have to be live in in the inner city of Milwaukee. Those rates are very low. Um, I don't know what the actual figures are, but they are they are disturbingly and frustratingly low.
0: Well, I know that uh, in New York City, where I did a study like this, I think. Um, those who uh, went to the public schools, uh, they had uh, a gra- They were ten percent of them graduated uh, from college. So uh, that was, as you say, very very low. And uh, it was so. More generally, a four-year college. It's not that high for the, the national average isn't that high, right? It's like 40 to 45 percent of the population get a college degree. Is that right? Is that what it is nowadays?
1: It's, it's, it's a little lower than that, Paul. I know the, the average for adults in the United States is, is like in the mid-20s. So of all adults in the United States, about a quarter of them have a college degree or higher. Now, more recent generations... You know the college going rate is is higher than twenty five percent, but I you know I'd be a little surprised if it's as high as forty five. Um, but yeah, it might be. Yeah,
0: I think it's in, it's touching the forties. Uh, but in any case, uh, that's not the primary focus here. Uh, we're interested in how much this voucher increased uh, enrollment uh, on the part of uh, those who were participating in your uh, study. And so, um, first of all, I think you mentioned you had the ninth graders as a separate group. What what were you getting for the ninth graders?
1: So for the ninth graders, we had about 1,300 uh, total students in that sample. And in addition to variables on their, the student's background, race and, and baseline achievement and things like that, we also had good data, nearly complete data on their family situation, the parents' marital status, income, and, and things like that. So we had a lot of strong control variables for that group. We just had only 1,300 observations. So it's a, it's a relatively modest sample with good, with good control variables. When we look at their rates of college enrollment, that is, sort of, ever enrolled in college, we find there is no significant difference between the voucher kids and their matched peers in terms of two-year college enrollments. Uh, The whole sample, basically, um, they enrolled in two-year colleges at at about 35 to 38%, Whether they were voucher kids or or matched public school kids, so so no effects on two-year college. Four-year college, though, we found that the voucher kids enrolled in a in a four-year college at a rate of 45 to 46 percent, depending on the statistical model we estimate, and that is significantly higher than the rate for their matched public school peers of 38 to 40 percent. So that's a that's a six to seven percentile difference in the rates of enrollment in a four, in a four year college, um, and in percentage terms, you know that's about that's about a seventeen to eighteen percent greater likelihood of ever enrolling in a four year college for the voucher kids, statistically significant at very high levels.
0: Well, is that. Um is that when you control for every background characteristic you can control for, like mother's education and family two parent family et cetera
1: yes in our in our statistical model with all family controls and student controls. The voucher students uh, enrolled at a rate and a, an adjusted rate of 46 percent, and the uh, match students enrolled, the public school students enrolled at a at an adjusted rate of 40 percent. So that's the six percentile difference, and it's statistically significant beyond the 95 percent confidence interval.
0: Well, now I know that study was reported out uh, some time ago, but you have new results that you've just released, uh, and these are for the younger students. These are the ones who were in third through eighth grade when you began your study. So what, do you, what are you getting for, and th- but this is a bigger sample. So uh, what are you getting for this group of students?
1: Right, it's it's a bigger sample, um, and of course, and we did follow both samples all the way through uh, possible graduation. The ninth grade sample, we didn't see any differences, significant differences in graduation rates and completion rates for college. The third through eighth grade sample, though, is a larger group. It's uh, over thirty six hundred
0: students. Well, let me interrupt you there. I I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, ask you the right question because you're making this point that even though those ninth graders were going to four-year colleges they weren't getting a degree at any they weren't any more likely to get uh, a bachelor's degree than those who were in the matched sample in the public schools
1: yeah that's right Paul The ninth, our ninth grade sample when we looked at uh, at graduating from a four-year college Uh, The the rate was 15% for the voucher kids and 14% for the matched public school kids. So slightly higher for the voucher students, but not a statistically significant uh, difference.
0: So that was the ninth graders. Now, how about the group of students in the third through eighth grades that you have just received information about What do you find in terms of their college enrollment and degree completion?
1: Sure. So this is a much larger sample, and, of course, it's more diverse in that these students were at different uh, grade levels when we started tracking them. So we were quite excited to find out what happened to their educational uh, outcomes in terms of college enrollment uh, and completion. So we found that the voucher students – Ever enrolled in a four-year college at a rate of 30% among this sample, uh, which is significantly higher than the rate of 26% for their matched public school peers. That's a four percentage point difference, um, and you know a, a percentage difference of about of about eight or nine percent. So that's ever-enrollment in a four-year college. Just like with the ninth-grade students, we didn't see any effects of participation in the voucher program on two-year college enrollment. The the voucher kids and their public school peers enrolled in two-year colleges at statistically similar rates. But the really exciting outcome comes with four-year college completion. As you alluded to earlier, Paul, you know, the rates of four-year college degree attainment for low-income inner-city populations are, are embarrassingly low. And we did see that in our sample here, but they are higher for the voucher students. The voucher students in the, our third through eighth grade sample obtained a college degree, a four-year college degree, at a rate of 11%. Uh, compared to just 8% for their matched public school peers. And that three percental point difference is statistically significant.
0: So at three percentage points doesn't sound like much, but it actually increases the probability that you will finish college by, what, about 25%, something like that?
1: yeah actually if if you use the public school students as the base it's it's more than a third uh, higher rate of uh, of graduation for students in the voucher program.
0: So now you found that the effects on test scores were hardly any at all, and you're finding some pretty well documented Impacts on college enrollment and college completion, especially in four year colleges. So, um, why is it that the test score data didn't forecast that this was going to happen?
1: We don't know for sure, Paul, but we visited um, a selection of these private schools in the CHOICE program and especially looked for information about why they might be better advancing the, uh, the, the length to which these highly disadvantaged students stay engaged in the educational project. So we, we, we visited these schools to see are they doing something special that is particularly advancing the attainment of these students, keeping them in school. And, and we definitely saw some hints from that. This is just qualitative research, kind of soak and poke. But there really was a sense, there seemed to be a sense among the school employees that, that educational attainment was vitally important for the students and that they were part of a collaborative effort involving parent, the parents and the students themselves to bring about long-term educational success for these kids. So they weren't like drilling and killing them in terms of, you know, shoving knowledge into their brains or preparing them for tests, but they they really emphasized persistence and discipline, opportunities if you if you flunked a class, opportunities for credit recovery, you know, on weekends and and over the summer, sort of giving these students every opportunity to continue to advance their education. Um, and I, I suspect, you know, that, that, that those kinds of intensive efforts that were part of the school culture at many of these private schools are what delivered these positive attainment effects for the voucher kids.
0: I know that the critics are going to say that your study can't be uh, taken seriously because it's not an experimental study. There was never a lottery that decided whether or not you were going to have an opportunity to go to a a private school. So how do you respond to those uh, critics?
1: Well, of course, we, we try to do lottery-based uh, randomized controlled trials whenever we can, and and Paul, you and I collectively have done a, a whole bunch of them. Uh, it certainly isn't our preference when the situation allows it, but. The, the program, the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program, no longer has a program-wide lottery. It's uh, The lotteries are done at the individual school level, by grade, and in most of these private schools, they basically just admit the voucher students until they're full. And so there, there isn't enough lotteries for us to actually do a gold standard study. So we did our best silver standard study. We did very careful matching of these students on their their educational background, their family background, and importantly, we match them on their neighborhood. Uh, so the the public school students in the comparison group were from drawn from the same neighborhoods as the voucher students. And there's a pretty strong sociological literature that people, in the same neighborhood tend to share the same values, the same aspirations for education, the same disciplinary expectations of their children. All these factors that are difficult to measure that get equalized through random assignment automatically but are hard to equalize outside random assignment. So we argue that matching on neighborhood Makes our silver standard study as close to an experiment as possible.
0: So now the students that you have been tracking through third, when they you started, they were in three through grade three through eight. So how many years have they had to complete college? Uh, is it just the minimum four years, or have you given them a chance to uh, complete college after they've missed a year or two. Uh, What's the situation that you're in with your data here?
1: Right. Well, you recall that our ninth grade sample, the the voucher students obtained four-year degrees at a 15% rate. Um, Our third through eighth grade sample it was an 11% rate. Part of that is because the ninth graders had more years to eventually complete. But uh, I don't think that's, that's the whole explanation because uh, with our final data poll from the National Clearinghouse, our third-grade students had, uh, well, they, yeah, our third-grade students only had the minimum of the four years to complete the degree. So they would have had to complete on time to be counted in that 11%. Every grade cohort above third, so the fourth-graders had five years, the fifth-graders had six years, the sixth-graders had seven years, et cetera. So, you know, that, that's, that's certainly playing a role in, in the low rate, um, but, but, you know, most of that third through eighth-grade sample of students had more than the, four, the minimum four years uh, to, to complete their, their uh, college degree.
0: Well, are you planning on going back and taking uh, another look downstream to see if there's going to be any changes after a couple more years of uh, having an opportunity to complete college?
1: Well, I'd like to, Paul, but uh, our data sharing agreements and our IRB protocols and all those sorts of things are, are ending. So this was really our final cut at the data we're excited that we got very clear results uh, of a of a college degree attainment benefit for the voucher program for that large sample of third through eighth graders and uh, we'll probably do some more uh, analyses of the data just to, to make sure that that finding is robust and maybe to check and see if there if, if there is, is differences in the finding based on different subgroups but we won't be able to obtain any additional uh, college uh, completion data for the sample just because uh, of our of our data arrangements and agreements.
0: Well, one of the subgroups that I hope that you'll uh, take a look at is the difference between those who are just moderately disadvantaged and those that are re- really severely disadvantaged. They have very low incomes, very low uh, parental education uh, in in the in the home. So. Uh, because i've discovered that there's a difference between those two populations in the in the uh study in new York that i've done, and i'm just wondering whether or not uh, there's uh anything like that that you're observing in milwaukee
1: We definitely want to investigate that paul it's it's a it's an intriguing finding and There's even some suggestive evidence in our initial results that that might be happening because we might expect that the truly disadvantaged students in both the voucher program and their public school peers are more likely to go to two-year colleges than four-year colleges. And in the two-year colleges, we didn't see any differences between the two groups. In the four-year colleges, we saw the clear differences. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if when we segment our, our sample based on On uh, the degree of disadvantage of their families, we might replicate the findings that you that you uh, reported uh, from your New York City study.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Pat. Uh, This is a terrific study, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to be really quite uh, fascinated by the results that you've obtained.
1: Well, it's been, it's been a great uh, research project, and I, I have to give uh, share credit with, with my colleagues on this uh, Professor John Whitty of the University of Wisconsin and Professor Brian Casita of the University of Missouri.
0: Well, thank you, Pat. I've been speaking with Patrick Wolf, professor in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas, and the country's leading expert on school voucher programs. Uh, I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.